I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Mike McMahon, the showrunner and creator of Star Trek Lower Decks, and you are watching Trek Culture. Welcome to the Trek Culture Podcast. It's been too long. Okay, it's been a week. We are your hosts, John and Tom. And it's so nice to see you again. And it's wonderful, wonderful to speak to somebody who it's been actually two weeks since we spoke to. Hello, Ellie. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Gosh, we've so much structure for this week's episode, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Expect this podcast to fall apart within a couple of minutes, everybody. Yeah, pretty much. This podcast is having, you know, the same kind of day that we're all having in that it's just barely holding it together. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, that February feel. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm Irish, so I'm legally obligated to say this. I was there. I was going for a drive there. Yes, I was about half five and just grand stretch in the evenings now, lads. Oh, You're the blank Irish. looks on your British faces. <laughs> I, know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm confused. The daylight, the daylight's coming back, folks. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, I agree. Grand stretch in the evenings now. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you for translating. <laughs> oh, that was quite fun. Folks, if only you could have seen, it was just the <laughs> blankest. It wasn't negative, it wasn't positive, it was just literally, what? <laughs> yeah, just trying yeah. to process, just trying to process what just, the words you just said. <laughs> I, I felt like I felt like when Americans have to watch like train spotting or something and they have to have subtitles underneath and I was like wait what did you actually say then Do you know and what also- you, now you've said that I I saw some um, Australian um women that were in the UK and uh, they put out a TikTok to ask um what quid meant and they were like is what's the difference between a pound and a quid and I was like <laughs> really <laughs> No you've just schooled me I did not know that I thought Australians would have known that they were very confused. They have dollars, don't they? Well, yeah, they were like, given. is it the same as saying a buck? Yeah. And I was like shouting at the screen, like, yes, <laughs> it's the same. It would be, yeah. Well, well, moving on from our nationally insensitive there. Shall we dive into the news? For over two centuries, you're listening to the Federation News Network. So what do we have, first of all? I want to jump in with a recent interview that Terry Metalis 
gave. It was uh, he uh, spoke just after all of the awards that uh, Picard picked up at the Saturn Awards, where he is at I am uh, on TrekMovie.com, who and talking about the ideas that might be in place for Star Trek Legacy. So I want to skip right down to the big burning question is, has any conversation happened between Paramount and Terry Metalis about Star Trek Legacy? And the answer is no. So yeah. there is no conversation. To quote Terry Metalis himself, <laughs> never say never. You know, I like the, um, the optimism. For sure, for sure. There's an interesting point that he made that actually I, I think is really good is that they asked, they've just started the Section 31 streaming TV movie. If they came to him with the idea of doing a legacy backdoor pilot TV movie, as opposed to a series, would they do that? And he was like, of course. You know, it's like, the whole point is get the cast together. Get the cast together. Whether it's a movie, whether it's a series, get the cast together. Because once you do a movie, series can follow. Mm. See, I was just going to say, I agree. But in my mind, the structure of legacy works as a series. I mean, I don't, not to say that it wouldn't work necessarily as a movie, but I just feel like the structure of how I envision Legacy working really works as a series. But at this point, I'll take whatever they'll give. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's true as well. It, it's funny because I think if they did a movie of Legacy, you have to, I mean, like, I've just decided, you have to deal with Ben Sisko if it's only a movie, right? You've got to go, where is Ben Sisko? And supporting my demands Tony Newsom at Megacon over the weekend was asked, you know, if you could bring back one character. She goes, oh, it's Ben Sisko. And <laughs> I'm just like, Bonnie, I knew I loved you. I knew I loved you. Uh, um, and also just saying that because I may have picked up the autobiography of Ben Sisko. So about six months after everybody else did. But, you know, <laughs> you know, as Tom can attest to, it's like, Sean's reading something? Ooh, that's <laughs> yeah. a step. <laughs> Let's not go there, Sean. Let's not go there. <laughs> Love you, Tom. <laughs> Tom wrote a book and it's really, really good, I'm told. I yeah. wasn't asked to read it. Just saying. I know how busy you there are. There you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's the important thing to focus on at this moment in time. Um, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I suppose, and this sort of ties into, uh, we've considered, look, if there's any news about Legacy, we will bring it to you as soon as. Um, I suppose the news is that there's no news, and yet the people who I guess we want to be involved in it are still, we're just waiting on the phone to ring. ring you know, ring us and we're there. I know Michelle Hurd has very much kept the uh, the flame burning over the last few months as well. Um, so, yeah, I know, I mean, you know, yeah, Patrick Stewart's not up to much. What's he doing? Sitting by a mountainside, throwing a kid at a rock. Actually, I do want to say, we did talk about this a little bit briefly earlier. Um, I do find it funny that a lot of people have jumped to Twitter to be like, you know, if you hadn't spent all that money on having Patrick Stewart in that ridiculous ad, then you could afford to make Legacy. <laughs> yeah. Are they wrong? <laughs> like, like, oh my goodness. Um nothing against Patrick Stewart. Right, my, my, my brain just kind of went, oh no, are, are we pooping on Patrick Stewart there? No, no, we just really want legacy. Yeah, Patrick, get back in that studio. Get back in that studio, Patrick. I mean, there are just, there are other things you could have spent all that money on and when you compare the prospect of legacy with the absolute fever dream that was that ad, I mean, is there really any, any competition? <laughs> I mean, I grew up watching Hey Arnold. I mean, he's literally throwing my childhood into the side of a mountain. 
Yeah, that was the really weird thing about it is that I haven't thought about Hey Arnold for so long and then just seeing it again being thrown by Patrick Stewart, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I really that don't. That was so strange. I feel like Fever Dream was the right description there. It, yeah. I, it just got weirder and weirder. In a recent interview with Digital Spy, Sonico Martin-Green was asked, you know, how did she feel about, you know, kind of what, how did she feel initially when she heard that Discovery was ending after season five? And, you know, how does she feel now? And I like she was she was pretty honest. She said, you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but I said, yeah, it 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 hurt. But yeah. they were all so happy with what they've done over the five years. Because of course, they've done a whole other year that we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen any of season five. Um and you know, we know that they've done reshoots to make it a definitive ending of the show. Um and I know we've talked about before, it's like so it's a final season that wasn't meant to be a final season, but they everyone I'm I can't I, I actually take them at their word here when they say no we're we're satisfied with the ending we've put on it. So yeah, yeah I do you know as you were saying that I'm really glad that they made the, the effort to do those reshoots because there is nothing worse than watching the final season of a show that clearly wasn't intended to be the final season and then the whole show ends on this massive cliffhanger that's never going to get resolved. I hate that yeah. so much. Uh, so someone did this fabulous, fabulous uh, thing. They were saying, like, you know, what do you think the final scene of Discovery is going to be? And someone said it's going to be, you know, you know, she sits in the chair and says, let's fly. The whole crew is there. And then you just hear from the side of the screen, Jonathan Frakes going, computer, end program. And just <laughs> yeah. walks out of the <laughs> with Troy. It's another scene from the Pegasus that we never saw. Uh, it's like the Star Trek version of it was all a dream. Oh my god! Like, I was just like, are, are they going? These are the voyages to the revenge. Oh, that would be amazing. I would love uh, it. Of course, I, I I humbly suggested that the last scene should actually they'll flip the script, and it's actually just going to be like, why are we watching the last scene of Star Trek Picard? And they're they all playing poker, and Burnham goes computer freeze program and turns to Saru, and Saru goes, how long are they going to pretend that the android can't count cards? <laughs> I, so if I that hope, turns up in the episode, I'm claiming credit for that one. I hope it's not, um, like you said, if it's just a cliffhanger ending, that also sucks because I've seen shows that do that. But then you have the flip side of like, I don't know if you guys ever watched the BBC Merlin show. Yes. Yeah. So that ended, spoilers for Merlin, if anyone's watching that at the moment. Um, they That was like, they had to end it suddenly, um, similar to this. And the way they ended it was... It suddenly cuts the last episode. Suddenly cuts to the, the few, like to present time, and you see Merlin, the the actor, the character, in like old man makeup with like a big beard and stuff, just walk in front of the screen, and then like and basically he he might as well have walked and winked in front into the camera, and then it ends, and it was like that wasn't an ending. That was nothing. That was so weird. No, I haven't thought about that in a long time and as you were describing it i just was reliving the moment i watched that and was like what's going on yeah it always stuck in my head do you know what i think is again spoiler but uh one that ends on a cliffhanger that i think works really well because it was cancelled after the season angel actually liked how that ended um and i actually know that there's a whole there's there's a fabulous account at the moment uh, that's doing their first watch through of buffy and angel oh my god i love this person on twitter I am really enjoying their tweets. And I don't want to say too much more just in case they happen to be listening to this or anything. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a show that managed to stick the landing in a way we weren't expecting. Um, but yeah, I won't 
Trey. And it's, it's funny saying that, like, you know, kind of, I remember what, I remember watching the finale 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm, my mum is also, I mean, we're just, you know, my mum's a big Star Trek fan, but she's also a massive Buffy and Angel fan. So I also remember watching all of those Buffy and Angel mm. binging all those. I think that might have been another love film, a love film venture. <laughs> love it. Love it. A love bit of love film. But yeah, yeah. I tell you what was a show that again suddenly got cancelled or didn't get renewed and had I just the ending was like, what? Was um Netflix's Sabrina uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh yeah. I will accept if I'm wrong here, but I just I couldn't get into it. See, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was at uni at the time that it was on, so it was something like everyone was watching. So it was mm. kind of one of those things you could all talk about and I really enjoyed it. Um but the last season, especially the ending of it. I mean, spoilers, people, but I just, I can't get on board when you just like kill off the main character. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so that's how it ends then. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I feel like w- their intention was that this was going to be the big cliffhanger and then the next season was going to be exploring how they all deal with that, bring the character back or whatever. But obviously the show got cancelled. So that was the end. I Alex like, Kurtzman is now listening to this being really... like, oh God, reshoot, reshoot, bring Vernon back to life. <laughs> oh no, oh God, no. Uh. Well, no, if you do it right, that's fine. But like when your show is suddenly cancelled unexpectedly and you that's that's the ending you're left with, that's when you're like, did I really invest my time into watching four or five seasons? I can't remember how many seasons it had, but it was just a little bit like, oh, okay well, then. This, this, this podcast is the season finale of uh, Trek Culture and they are going to kill off a main character, but we don't know which one yet. <laughs> please be me, please be me, please be me. <laughs> I'd look, I'm not going to lie, the odds are it's you. Um, but uh, in that same article, in that same interview, um, she was asked about whether or not, you know, she would come back or do cameos. And she basically said, oh, yeah. She said the whole cast would, like, she said she can't think of anyone who would say no to that. Um, and I think especially with Starfleet Academy on on the slate as well, we're kind of, we're kind of expecting cameos, really. Like, I would expect at least burn in the pilot for Academy. Um, Can I ask not, a really stupid question that's really going to show my lack of research? So, <laughs> Star Trek is a show about ships, right? They go into space, and right. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> do we know, um, like, when Starfleet Academy is set? Like, as in, give me a time frame. <laughs> you believe? Do you believe it's back? Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, because of the wording of their press releases, right? So, um, in their press releases, so. Technically, wink, 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 they haven't set a year for it, but they talk about how they're delighted to announce the reopening after years of closure of Starfleet Academy, which in the context of where Discovery is and what's happened with the Federation in the 32nd century, it's very unambiguous that it's in the 32nd century. Oh, that surprises me. Yeah. I mean, we've only, Mm. how many times have we talked about this, Tom? (laughs) <laughs> I think every uh, single time. Not with me. You haven't spoken about it with me. <laughs> By the way, Ellie, do you know that there's a Starfleet Academy show coming? No. There. <laughs> oh, great. Well, good news. There's another Star Trek show No, coming. but that yeah. surprises me because now I feel like my whole perception of Starfleet Academy is very different to what I had imagined it in my head. To be yeah. fair, though, were you just imagining it as a spin-off series where Jane Wayne and Chicago finally get together? <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. The head, one of them plays the head teacher, the other one plays like the science teacher, and they canoodle in the, the closet. And it becomes that Simpsons episode when they all get stuck. Have you been reading school. fan fiction? 
I've been reading your Twitter. <laughs> Written by E Little Child. Wait, no, <laughs> yeah. that's too obvious. L E L. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm delighted to break the news here. There's going to be a show set in the 32nd no, century. Okay, um, yeah. that makes sense. I don't know why. I just imagined it was going to be set kind of not. Uh, I mean, it makes sense to be in the future, and now you've said that, that does make a whole lot of sense. And why there'd be new characters? I mean, I think was it the last time I was on the pod? I was talking about my vision for what they should have done with Starfleet Academy and setting it in a time where you could have lots of younger versions of characters we're already familiar yeah. with. And I feel like that's kind of what I had in my head. It was going to be kind of set, not not in the future. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um... Within the context of Star Trek, I am aware that all of Star Trek is technically <laughs> set in the future. <laughs> That is true. Yeah. But there was this great idea. I'm half remembering it. So first of all, this is not my idea. So full credit to the person whose idea this was. But this this version of Star Trek where you're watching a sci-fi show for the first season, you only re- you only realize in the season finale that it's Star Trek. You know, they somehow managed to. And someone pitched this idea. And I thought this was a fabulous idea. Yeah. And I'm really that? sorry that I can't remember who it was. But it's not my idea. I'm not taking credit for this. Um, How does that work? I remember so that, that as well. Imagine, yeah, imagine, so let's say kind of for all mankind-ish, you're following NASA, for want of a better uh, thing, for, for the first season. And, you know, to the, the launch of, we all think it's going to be, you know, another Apollo mission. Or we all think, and it actually, you know, the last episode, the reveal is, it's the Enterprise. Right, okay. Yeah. You know, would be one idea. And it's like, ooh, uh, I like that. Yeah, because that's then, cool. Because there is a, there's a double-edged sword to being a Star Trek series that if you're a Star Trek series, it comes with the entire weight of Star Trek. I mean, you have to hit certain points. You have to do certain, ca- or not cameos, but you need to to boldly go. You need to, you yeah. know, the Vulcans have pointed ears. There are things that just a Star Trek show comes with. I'm not saying you have to have both of those things. But whereas if you don't realize you're watching Star Trek for the longest time, uh, it will make the whole, why is Trek culture covering this show? Very <laughs> yeah. interesting. I was just saying, it's kind of like Split, uh, when no one realised it was part mm. of his like universe that he had made until the end. So it it could work. I just want to say, I think mm-hmm. I think it. I'm assuming it was either uh, Mick from our last episode or Mike oh, from perhaps. our last interview. It's either it's one of them. I think that might have mentioned that, but I'm not sure. It wasn't uh, nah, me. Nah, actually, <laughs> wasn't I think you might be right. Yeah, um, but that's right. We do love your ideas, even if they don't suddenly come back to me during a podcast. Um, <laughs> no, but, I'm still sticking uh, by my academy idea. I like it. Yeah, and yeah, well, I think yeah, I'll green like your idea, but I'm going to mash it with Tom's. So it's uh, your academy idea, but it's Jane Wench Cote, head teacher, science teacher <laughs> in the uh, broom cupboard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, there's an audience for it somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. There is, there is always money. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, just really quickly, just on the idea of cameos as well, Will Wheaton was recently interviewed, uh, again, kind of post-Saturn Awards and, the, and particularly the Lifetime Achievement Award, which was lovely to see him included in that as well. Mm. Uh, uh, but where he was again asked, would you call back? And, you know, he nearly, he was like, uh, yeah. Uh, which is cool because, you know, we'd, we've been crying out for a while. That you know Wesley and the Travelers might make an appearance in season five of Discovery, but of course the fact that they're time travelers, they could have heard any of them. They could be in Strange New Worlds, you know. Um, Ooh, maybe he's would, one of the people be... that's going to be in Prodigy that we've been teased. Another Ooh. big name. I don't know. <laughs> that would be cool. I'm just or, spitballing. <laughs> yeah, or he could come back 
to Lower Decks because I love that. Actually, it sounds so bad because we were so with the the finale of Lower Decks. It was so like, oh, Robert Duggan Neal as Nick Locarno and Shannon fills back as Cito Jackson. Oh, and Will Wheaton, yeah, it's cool. But like you know, and <laughs> Shannon Phil was back. <laughs> no, it's still really cool that Will was back as well. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think I think God love him. He got a bit swallowed up with uh with, with the others as well. Um, which is also our way of just, I just want to plug again, Mike McMahon, thank you so much for sitting down with me last week and going through that was that was a lot of fun. Um, and if anyone hasn't seen or listened to the interview yet, I don't want to spoil anything, but I made some decisions about one of the episodes of season four of <laughs> uh Lower Decks. It was discussed. And 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 there we go. So I implore you go and in, go and enjoy my reaction to that being discussed put it that way yeah um now i think that sort of brings us more or less up to on news there is something trek culturey is a word it is now is happening this week as part of a larger thing so ellie and i will be taking part in virtual trekcon 5 which runs between the 15th and 19th of february so um I believe if you are listening to this as it drops, this is to happy 13th of February to you. Um, so it is, close of the name, Virtual Trek Convention. So it's all online. Uh, it's being run by the Seventh Rule podcast, who have been just so lovely and have been on our uh, pod before. So do check out that episode. Um, and you can see Siroc Lofton re- uh, reacting to my Cisco t-shirt, which made me very happy. Yeah. Um, not related to this. Uh, And what we're doing, the theme is the legacy of the cage. So the cage, obviously, the very, very, very first pilot of Star Trek is 60 years old this year because it was, of course, made in 1964, whereas Star Trek hit the airs in 1966, as I'm sure you know. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so myself and Ellie will be live on Friday, the 16th of uh, February at UK Irish time half five in the evening I'm not going to attempt to do time zones here so no. uh, if you're in LA minus eight hours from that and yeah. work it back from there um, <laughs> that's so, a yeah, bit so, of homework for the, for the uh, podcast for the- <laughs> there you are everyone yeah. there you are so we will be live we will be doing a live ups and downs for the cage that's what we will be doing so hope you'll join us for that so yes there will be an ups and downs this week it just looks a little bit different do you know uh, what's a little bit alarming about this it's a little daunting I've never done ups and downs for Trek Coach before and the first one's going to be live <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah which means what could it's possibly be, it's, go wrong uh, it's grand absolutely nothing Ellie nothing will go wrong because we don't want to disappoint Sir Rock Lofton <laughs> well that, that 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 is true has Jake Sisko not suffered enough Ellie <laughs> like Come on. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, don't I, tell I, him I, I haven't seen all of DS9. Mm. Why are you saying these things? <laughs> I was waiting for it to mention it. Oh, my God. I mean, like, you know, kind of, I, I, you know what? Let me flip the script. I love how consistent you are, Ellie. I, and we can rely on you for these things. And that is important. That yeah. is important. So, yeah, folks, I hope, you, I hope you'll all join us for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's all going to be online. So wherever you are in the world, all you have to do is click a link. That's the best thing, as opposed to everything else Trek Culture does. Um, so, yes, that will be... Lots and lots of fun. Um, right. Now, speaking of fun and blasting fun out of the airlock, shall we take a trip to Cargo Bay 101? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, Ellie, what do you have for us? What do you think deserves to be consigned to the black vastness of spatial vacuum? Mm-hmm. I've got a good one this week. Um, okay. As we discussed before recording, sometimes I go down the serious route. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I find something that's just, you know, just a little pet peeve or a little funny. Um, and just in case you need some evidence, I will send you some photos if you uh, are confused by this. But I would like, right, before I start... I really like the character of Saru, okay? I like Saru. He's a great character. Yeah. And uh there's just there's I'm one there's, there's one element <laughs> of Saru that I I really cannot cannot get on with. And that is his fingers. <laughs> Do you need photographic evidence to prove why Saru's fingers give me the heebie-jeebies? Yes, please. I, I think worryingly. I can picture them straight away. I don't know what that says about me. Yeah. I'll send them. And what's going to be even better about this is I'm going to send them into a group chat that Chris is also in, and he's going to have no context as to why he suddenly receives <laughs> yep. these weird penis-looking fingers. <laughs> I mean, listen. John is already... They, uh, <laughs> I just... Even Googling these images to give you proof as to why they are just so not okay. And uh, they just... Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I've never looked at his fingers before. They are slightly disturbing. Mm. I'll tell you why I noticed it is because in my uh, my week of suffering from COVID, I watched a lot of Discovery and there was an episode where it was the episode where he like thought he was going to die and then he didn't die. And Burnham was like sitting over him and he it was very a very touching scene, but he kept touching her face. And all I kept thinking was, do not, if you came near me with those fingers, do not start <laughs> yeah. touching my face with those fingers. Mm-mm. They, they just, they, nah. That is all. How much of the, of these fingers are his own and how much of them are just the makeup? Because I know that this actor plays a lot of 
creatures, right? That, and from mm. my memory, they all have kind of strange hands. Does he have weird hands? I mean, he, are you going to now make me look like I am being really, really disrespectful? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing if I can make yeah. it so you feel bad about this or not. <laughs> Is his name Doug Jones? He's right. I yeah, yes. but I really love that, like the way that the character of Saru has been created. I love the way he walks. I love the you know, the way his like hands sway behind him as he moves and you know how the tall the character is and everything about the character is really clever i really like him i just can't get on board with the with the fingers it's just one <laughs> step too far the nails are oh it's just it's yeah it's really the nails it's the way they sort of come out of the it's flesh the nails and yeah it oh it's like it, i'm again i'll say it again they're like weird shriveled penises <laughs> so he doug jones has hands in. like mine do you have shriveled penis fingers? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Tom, we've told you of this and we'll tell you again. You, you can't afford one more HR meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this I was one born. was a really serious one. <laughs> um I'm 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 gonna take the controversial stance of no. I I, I don't think that needs to be uh, blasted into space. Tom, however, is the producer of this podcast, so I think his vote supersedes mine. Yeah, I decide um, what stays and what doesn't. Yeah, but yes, I have to say, I I, I love the um, the alien look of him. I love that. Yeah, but mm. the rest of him looks pretty alien. You don't need to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally got like luminous blue eyes. You come on. Before we were recording, He's got we were talking about. That- the, the what they call ganglia. He's got the you know it just the fingers. Mm-mm. Before we were t- recording, we were talking about trauma. I think we found Ellie's. Un- you mean like understandable? They're not good looking fingers. I'm not going to say. <laughs> I that think they are. I just have a thing about body horror. You know, like I think you know. Okay, I've watched, it, I mean, I don't like horror job. films, but it's a good job you didn't read is... my book. Oh, then, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's full of that. <laughs> Yeah, but it's okay because reading it's not the same as seeing seeing it. Yeah, that oh, it kind of looks like his. I need to stop looking at these photos. (laughs) His nails almost look like the bones in his actual hands that are just sprouting out the end of his fingers. Mm. It's I don't like it. Okay, okay, I'm going to make the final decision. Okay, and and I'm going to do it. I'm going to have two reasons for this decision. One. I do think they're a pretty cool design, and I'm a big fan of practical effects, and these look like practical effects to me. So mm-hmm. that's a reason for them to stay. And two, you guys oh. have always said no to all of my Cargo Bay 101s, so I'm going to say no to yours. So in a spiteful mood, uh, spiteful mood the fingers are staying. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Computer, oh. raise an extra shield. Over oh. the cargo bay 101 door. I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Burning with rage. Oh, God. Now, this is going to be fun because as we head into our questions section, I, I have a feeling that every answer is Ellie going to be just like, I don't care. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Didn't ask. You don't listen ask. to me anyway. <laughs> Sorry, did you say something? Oh, there's a question here from Kate Mulgrew. I guess I won't ask you that one then. Never mind. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> delete and block that account. Yeah. yeah. How dare you? 
Shall we move on to questions from the audience? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's start off this one, as I believe it came in even before we tweeted out the question uh, on Twitter. Tweeted out on Twitter. I'm such a boomer. Okay, here we go. This is from at Finish Oscar. Oh, yes. Hello. Hashtag Arstrek Culture. At T. Tom C. Finn. At Sean Ferrick. My question is for everyone on the podcast. All of us have a personal motive for loving Star Trek in its multitude of incarnations. What is your motive? Hitting us with the deep questions. I know. Um, <laughs> I have a fairly straightforward answer to this one. Uh, it's hope. I like the hope it brings. You know, e- you know, even in more or less the darkest episodes, you know, there's still hope or, you know, they kind of work it in. Uh, you know, think of In the Pale Moonlight, as dark as it is, it's the hope of ending the war soon. Mm-hmm. Not saying I agree with the actions, just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, you know, and this hope that we can build a better future. Um, and that's really why, I mean, because then, because that's probably the same answer to what do you get from Star Trek is hope. That's why I watch it, is because it's the future, it's sci-fi, but also it's not a dystopia. Do you know what? I'm going to slightly steal something that my mum has always said, because my mum is a massive fan of The Next Generation, and she's always said that the reason she loved it is is a similar thing. It's this idea that the 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 world is at peace really and it's it's a journey of exploration and introduction to new ways of living and new ways of life but it's not about war and it's not about fighting each other it's about finding this kind of civil way of living amongst each other mm-hmm. um and she's right i mean and there's a lot of things on tv that are always about conflict and while there are episodes that do have conflict the the message of of the Federation and of Starfleet is to all live harmoniously together and not always try to outdo each other. Yeah, so I think, I'm going to steal my mum's answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's um, it's just comfort. It's a it's a it's a big comfort show. Even the episodes that are sort of you know lots lots of action and lots of war and death, it's still quite comforting. This just the Star Trek setting is like. I don't know, you ease into it very easily. It's like having a nice warm bath. This is from at Jody Pickens. Hi, Jody. What is the most wholesome episode of Star Trek? Uh, I answered this on Twitter. It's the Siege of AR-558. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw uh, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. For Ellie, that's not a wholesome episode. <laughs> no, it is not. At all. I'm trying to think of an episode where I'm like, oh, that was... An episode that sticks in my brain, actually, um, 11.59, because it's actually like a very different episode of Star Trek, but it's still kind of like a comfort story about ancestry and about where we come from and about the comparison between, you know, what we take from a person and how they inspire us, regardless of whether they actually did something really meaningful or it's just something meaningful to you. It doesn't matter. Um, I really like that episode. And And it also was kind of one of those episodes where there wasn't like a major conflict, but the scenes that we had when they were on on the ship was just kind of that family vibe of them all just sharing stories and and holding each other up. I think my actual answer will be the visitor. You know, it's about the relationship between a father and a, and a son. Um, and obviously, there's very very sad moments, but like I don't take I don't take wholesome to only be you know because if if it is, the list is short. Uh, <laughs> But I love that, and just you know, the lengths that Jake goes to to save his dad, 
Um, and then that scene at the end. I, I was. I, I'm going to say. I think the visitor would be my my real pick for that one. I think mine would be, and I always forget the name of this episode. I think it's disaster. The TNG episode where it's. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's loads of stuff in that. You know, you have the main one. The main wholesome thing for me is Picard having to deal with being with children and learning how to interact with them and then they work together to get out of the uh, predicament that they're in and you have Worf having to deliver a baby you have uh, Geordie and uh, Beverly together like having to use the their skills like I'm pretty sure it's like a metaphor for the dancing thing because she tries to get him to dance and stuff so he has to move about or something um, yeah there's lots of really nice wholesome things and then, and then just the ending with them showing what they've made for Picard is like really mm. sweet. I love that. Sorry, with the immortal line, you are, you know, Worf, the tricorder, you are fully dilated. Congratulations. You may now push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good. And, and the amazing joke uh, that comes where in DS9, much later on, uh, Kate goes uh, pregnant again. Uh, there's O'Brien telling Bashir in Quarks, like, Keiko's going to have another baby as Worf walks behind him. Now? No, Worf, not from the <laughs> uh, I, I will be away, far away, visiting my parents on Earth. I have to go now. And just walks out. It was brilliant comedy. And it's yeah. just this, you wouldn't know only you'd seen Disaster. Loved it. Sorry. No, no, no. There's a really good bit as well at the beginning of Disaster when they're first talking about her being pregnant. And everyone is like talking and being really enthusiastic and you just see Worf in the background he's just like looking away because he's just absolutely not interested just doing anything else he's like <laughs> looking at his clothes and stuff it's so good but that's such a good example as well is like although the show is very much plot driven every episode um, they've they've subtly you know given us these characters and character traits throughout that means you can have an episode that really plays on each individual character and their flaws and and their their traits and using that as part of the actual plot as well, I think is really good. Do you know what? It's funny you say that because I think that is one of the reasons that Voyager is my favourite of of the different shows because you have these characters who, although we do, it is plot driven because these characters are forced into a situation where they're always together and they can't disappear or go somewhere. You you do really explore the characters and their relationships more so than than other shows maybe do because yeah. they're forced into that situation and it becomes a family. I know Sean is thinking this, but if you like that sort of thing, Ellie, you should try Steep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the show or we're going to have a disagreement. No, anyway, sorry. <laughs> what else we got? Okay, uh, we've got two more questions. I think I'm just going to do one, leave the next, the other one for another episode because it's quite a big topic. Um, so we'll end with this one from our pal at Chris Trekkin. Hey, Chris. Which character from any Trek do you think is most in need of therapy or, at the very least, a massive hug and why? The entire cast of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I'm going to be really predictable, but genuinely, I you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> but isn't it not true that Janeway needs a hug, right? <laughs> she's had to carry the burden of getting like all these people home for seven years she's had no one really to confide in that is not her subordinate and she she needs a hug she needs some therapy she needs to unload <laughs> I, tell you and, needs uh, a hug I feel like it probably took a while well <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I just hmm? Tuvok and Neelix getting therapy. So you murdered a man to save me. Is my life worth it? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is one of the things as well. Like Voyager didn't have a counselor, and so there probably is a lot of characters in that show that have a lot of pent up trauma that they need to unwind and unravel and. All of the cast of Voyager need some therapy and they arrive home. Who else? Jean-Luc. Yeah. Definitely, 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 definitely. Every Starfleet captain. Every captain. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Yeah, every captain. Um, But yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to go with JL for this one. because, And you only need to see how he's not handling everything in the first season of Picard. Uh, to kind of really get that like when he's put on the spot you know what about you know surely he's been asked these questions in the 20 years it's been since the Romulan supernova and you know he's he's very triggered by it Uh, and yeah so there's obviously something that hasn't been dealt with at all he went and hid in his chateau so I think I think JL um, even in the the couple of years that followed you know the fact that the poor man must not be able to open the fridge before he goes are the Borg in here too? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I laugh, but they're everywhere in that show. <laughs> I think my my obvious answer would be Nog uh, in Deep Space Nine. Um, it, it, he clearly goes through a lot, especially towards the end. Um, but I think Barkley would would could do some. I mean, you see him try and get mm. some during some episodes, but um, in Voyager, he's like still in need of some <laughs> some help and guidance. So I'd probably say Barkley. But this is actually talking talking about HR and like a therapist and stuff in Trek. This has given me an idea for a Cargo Bay 101. So I'll leave everyone on a cliffhanger for next time we do that because I now have one. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Mm. On that tantalizing note, Ellie, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, Welcome. Awesome and wonderful. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on. Everyone just should know that Tom took time out of his holiday to be here. So thank yes. you, Tom because I knew it would be easier than letting you guys be screwed over by me not doing it. So here I am. You absolute legend. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, everyone, you're awesome and wonderful. You can follow us on all of the things at Trek Culture, at Trek Culture YT. Type in Trek Culture, you'll find us. Yeah. Um, and you're also, all of our links are there as well to kind of streamline this in a way. Look after yourselves until we talk to you again. Make sure that you live long and prosper. And um, yeah, you're all awesome and you deserve good weeks. So I hope you have them. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.